when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. This episode, along with every episode this season, is presented by our sponsor, KFC. So I'm recapping the Toronto Raptors' 110-102 to win over the Brooklyn Nets um, on Saturday at Scotiabank Arena. And um, this is kind of exactly what the team needed, really, is just like a stress-free win from start to finish. Um, you know, the Raptors have been struggling of late. They've been in a slump. They've gone, what, 1-4? In the last five games, that one win was a very unsatisfying win over the Bulls. And so, you know, they just needed something to go right. They need something to just, like, be chill and normal and calm. And this is about as normal and calm as a game at Scotiabank um, should be, honestly, all season. The Raptors were a better team than the Brooklyn Nets, kind of from start to finish. The Nets raced out to a 12-2 advantage early in the game. But the Raptors woke up. They hit 9 of 10 from 3 in the first quarter. They reestablished control, and they're up 38 to 31 um, even after the first quarter. And they just kind of held on and just uh, controlled the game from there. I mean, the Nets, you know, they made a couple of plays here and there. Um, you know, I thought the Nets did a really good job of closing quarters, which the Raptors did not do a, as good of a job at. Um, but for the most part, you know. The Raptors are just a better team, and they kind of won, and they had advantages, and they pressed them, and they played a pretty good strategy, pretty sound strategy, and um, it's just, I don't know, I guess it's refreshing, and it's it's, it's nice to see this happen with the Raptors, right? Because um, in the last couple of games, just it felt like nothing could really go right for this team. We were questioning, you know, yeah, Kyle and, and Serge's future with the team, and it's Nick Nurse suddenly a terrible coach for the way he plays defense, you know, this and that, and just lots and lots and lots of chatter and lots of negativity. So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying the Raptors fix everything tonight, and, you know, um, we'll definitely have to see how they play against top-tier competition. The Nets have been playing good basketball of late. They won 8 of uh, 11 coming into this game, but at the same time, this is still a team without Kyrie, without KD as well. And you would expect the Raptors to win, no matter how nicely the Nets are playing with the talent they have. I mean, they run a lot of plays for Garrett Temple, so you're not gonna, <laughs> you just can't, you can't expect to win like that on the road. But um, because everyone's been so negative, and because quite honestly, I've been pretty negative on this podcast. Um, you know, I just want to focus on the positives. How's that? All right. So no talk about Pat McCaw scoring, uh, playing 29 minutes. It was odd. It was very odd that he plays so much for Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse seems to love Pat McCaw. And uh, McCaw closed the game over OG. Whatever. Let's just put that aside. Okay, let's focus on the positives. So, number one positive for me is that um, Pascal Siakam played so well. Pascal tonight. Um, first off, not a lot of teams nowadays come into games with no game plan for Pascal. Um, teams are almost always double teaming him, trapping him, setting a double team. And if they're not doing that, that's usually because they have an elite defender like Jonathan Isaac or Anthony Davis, or Giannis, uh, and, you know, that makes sense, because Pascal is amazing, Pascal is a killer, 
one-on-one, he's a killer. Uh, and he's a walking mismatch against almost most, almost all defenders in the NBA except for a small handful. And what was strange to me was that the Nets, they didn't really have a special game plan for Pascal. They treated him as if he was just any other guy. They guarded him one-on-one for the whole game. Um, and they were using guys like Spencer Dinwiddie to guard him. And it's like, yo, Spencer Dinwiddie is a 6'6 point guard, and you're going to have him guard Pascal Siakam. Are you dumb? Like, what are you doing? And unsurprisingly, Pascal torched them. He just completely destroyed them. In the first half, Pascal, 25 points, got whatever he wanted. Whatever he wanted. It helped that Pascal hit some threes early in the game. Uh, It helped that Pascal was hot from the mid-range area from start to finish, and that really allowed him to get some easy points. But it was just like one-on-one. Like, the Nets weren't sending defenders. They weren't trapping him. You know, occasionally they would send help at the rim. But for the most part, they were just leaving guys like Dinwiddie and Rodion's Kuruks, who is truly a disgusting man. You should look up the stories about him. Can't believe he's playing basketball right now. Um, you know, you can look up, uh, you just look at the, like, Torion Prince trying to guard Siakam immediately getting the foul trouble. Like, you're just leaving these guys on an island to die. Um, but, you know, Siakam capitalized. And I thought Siakam played definitely his best game in a very long time. And a long time, I mean two weeks. Because, like, man, Siakam was very impressive tonight. This is kind of similar to the the Utah game where, you know, he had an answer for whatever the Nets were throwing at him. Eventually, the Nets kind of went to a zone, and that kind of at least was able to keep Siakam from getting to the rim as easily as he wanted to in the first half. Um, but for the most part, Siakam was just effective. I thought Siakam played with, in terms of just the way and style he played with, a lot more joy. Uh, a lot more energy. If you look on defensively, you know, Siakam had a couple games here where he's been slipping. Uh, I've talked about him getting blown by a lot in recent games. Um, but tonight, Siakam was really engaged, not just offensively, but defensively. Maybe one flows into the other. I think inevitably one flows into the other. You can't really help it. But Siakam tonight, I mean, just look at the stat line. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks in 35 minutes. Incredible, incredible production. He played the number one role tonight uh, for the Raptors, and he was great. And it was it was nice to see him. He played with joy. He played with energy. He made incredible plays. I mean, forget KFC bucket of the game. I'm just going with the KFC block of the game was Siakam, where it was a 3-on-1 fast break. The Raptors you know, had a bad offensive possession. 3-on-1 fast break. Siakam actually has his back turned because – the Nets throw a nice hit ahead pass to Kuruks, who's streaking in for a layup, and Siakam turns around, jumps, and blocks and meets Kuruks right at the basket for the block. And then Siakam chases down the loose ball, pushes up the full length of the court. I thought it was a goaltending, quite honestly, because the, the Nets did challenge the shot, but nothing doesn't really matter because Serge is able to collect the the, the rebound and go in uh, and get fouled on the putback and hit two free throws, so it's all the same. Um, Siakam, I mean, he's just—he was just fantastic, and I—I want to see um, more of this. Honestly, I mean, teams are going to make it a lot harder than the Nets made it for Siakam tonight. Like, I'm sorry, like the Nets don't even have like a natural defender to put on Siakam. Like, you know, Torian Prince is too small. Spencer Dinwiddie's too small. You know, they put guys like David Nwaba on him. Still by Nwaba, like that's not going to go anywhere, man. The guy's like six four. I guess he's athletic, but like still. Pascal's 6'9". He's got like a 7-foot wingspan. He's just going to reach up and score over your guys. Um, 
But yeah, I love the way Siakam played tonight. It was, it was a breath of fresh air. And when Siakam is right and he's playing on number one guy, the rest of the team can just fall into place. Like I thought, for example, today, Kyle Lowry played a really, really good game, really solid game. The numbers might not necessarily show it because they're not huge. We're talking about 17 points and six assists. But I thought the way Kyle played was very steady and he brought uh, a force of calm to the team and there's a lot of times where Kyle Lowry is not playing calm let's be real Kyle Lowry is not necessarily what you would consider the calmest guy but last year what I really enjoyed about Kyle is that a he was a great playmaker like he was second in the NBA in assists at the season end and for most of the year he led them in assists at the whole league in assists before Westbrook caught up um so I like the playmaking but I also like the poise in which Kyle played last year you knew Kawhi was the number one option deferred and then occasionally when he needed to take over, he would come in, give a little short burst here and there. And tonight, it was very much that same formula. He knew Pascal was the number one guy. Pascal was playing like a number one guy. So he was able to feed him over and over again. Siakam got 26 shots. You can't argue with that at all. And given the way the Nets are defending him, you definitely want Siakam to get 26 shots. But I thought Kyle did a great job of just filling around the edges, you know, in terms of, um, you know, especially when Kyle ran with the second unit. And any Raptor observer who's paid any kind of attention has known the fact that Kyle with the second unit has sort of been the seeker up in the Raptors have. It um, seems to always work. You could literally put any combination of guys out there. You know, it could be like Baby Nagara. It could be, you know, whoever he played with today, like Chris Boucher and Serge Ibaka or whatever. And, and Kyle kind of just goes ahead and makes it work. And I thought Kyle made a, uh, just played a really balanced game in the sense of when Siakam was in the game, Kyle was the number two f- playmaker. You know, uh, just getting him in the spots, everything like that. It was great. But then when it was Kyle with the bench, Kyle was able to use more of his, uh, you know, uh, creativity and versatility and sort of assert himself on the game, control a lot more facets of the game. And he did a great job. And I think when you when you challenge Kyle to sort of run the bench unit like that, he really, really shifts into this focus of just like, let me just make everyone around me better because that's how we're going to win these t- minutes. It's not Kyle Lowry going to score like 10 points. That's not in Kyle's nature, really, unless it's, you know, game six of the NBA Finals. Um, but, you know, it was, you know, let me s- set up Serge Ibaka, which I've been complaining about this. Kyle and Serge Ibaka, the pick and roll hasn't worked since they come back. Well, today they got, you know, a dunk out of it, which is nice. Honestly, they should honestly get 10 points per game in just that one pick and roll compilation alone. We saw it last year. It could be really, really effective. Um, But, you know, I thought Kyle just made some great plays, uh, you know, set his teammates up. There's one play where, very memorable, um, but uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson threw a really bad pass, and it was going to become a backcourt violation, except for the fact that Kyle Lowry dove uh, to save the ball, keep it, you know, in the half court, and then that loose ball is collected by Serge Ibaka, who dribbled in and took uh, and made one of his signature mid-range twos. And I thought Kyle was really good today, especially as a distributor. Uh, he really filled in. But honestly, there's a lot of positives in this game, man. Marcus Gasol was really good. He, you know, he had a season-high 17 points and 15 rebounds. And what I like about the 17 points is, you know, well, first off, actually, just to put everything in perspective, when the Raptors traded for Marcus Gasol last year in Memphis, he was averaging 17 points a game. And since then, obviously, he's been, you know, half that, you know, on a, on a good night. Um, but, you know, Marcus all tonight, season high, 17 points, 6-11 shooting, 3-5 of five from deep, got to the free throw line, hit both of those. And the one thing about Gasol's game that I have to say, it shouldn't be that noteworthy, but it is. Marcus all scored twice in post-ups tonight, which, again... Should not be that noteworthy. We're talking about a future Hall of Famer, uh, a very accomplished player, an NBA champion, uh, a FIBA champion. You know, it shouldn't be that noteworthy 
that uh that he, that he scored two post ups. But it is, but it is because if I looked up the numbers coming into this game on the entire season where the Raptors have played what uh twenty four games before tonight's game, Marcus Saul had only scored a grand total of five post ups in twenty four games, and so for him to score two in one game it was really nice to see. And honestly. These are things that he should be doing more often. Like, I'm not expecting him to be the number one option. I'm not expecting the Raptors to throw the ball down to him in the post like he's JV and he's going to get in there and get 10 points out of that. I'm not expecting that from Marcus at this age, uh, at this point of his career. But having said that, where I want to see Mark be able to assert himself is when teams switch and they put smaller guys on him and they basically disrespect him and say, we don't believe you can score, old man. We can put Joe Harris on you. Well, I'm sorry, man, but Joe Harris looks like a freaking barista and, like, you know, you should be able to just score on him. And Marcus is seven feet tall and today, thank goodness, he was just able to use his weight, his heft. You know, he just backed down. He put Joe Harris under the basket and he went in for a layup. And is that noteworthy? Not really. Not it's not supposed to be. It's just a seven footer posting up a six foot six guy in scoring. That's normal, but it just hasn't happened a lot this year. And so I want to see more of that from Marcus All because you remember in last year's playoffs, uh, in the Sixers series, Marcus All was pretty effective. Like he spaced the floor. Obviously, he played amazing defense on um, Joel Embiid, who had you know Gasol and Teritas. But you know one of the things that Gasol did take off the table was sort of the way he was playing on offense because. The Sixers kind of said, you know what? We don't think you're that good on offense, so we're not going to put Embiid on you. We're going to put Embiid on Siakam, and we're going to put Tobias Harris on you. Tobias was, well, I mean, J.J. Reddick was on that team, but aside from J.J., Tobias was the worst defender on that lineup, and, you know, they put him on Gasol, and Gasol couldn't do nothing with it. And so I do want to see Gasol at least punish more of these uh, post-mismatches. And I want to see him go strong, too, because, like, it's one thing for him to, like, turn and do the little short post-fadeaway that just never seems to fall. It doesn't great touch on it. doesn't great balance when he shoots it. Um, what I want to see him is use the strength, put a guy under the basket, going for a layup like he did tonight on two occasions. And so I thought Mark played a great game. Also got 15 rebounds, which is great. Played great defense, um, as he always does. I don't even have to describe that to me anymore. There's one play in the Nets, like, ran this complicated sequence with Joe Harris in the corner, and then Joe Harris had an option to drive as well. And uh, uh, Joe Harris was supposed to be open, but Gasol helps. He shows at the perimeter. He forces him to drive inside. Then Marc Gasol closes it out inside, and I think the Nets either turn the ball over, you know, on the bad pass or on, on shot clock violation. But Mark's just defensively so, so good. And um, he was great. Kyle was great. Norman Powell, a revelation, really. I mean, he ever since he's you know uh, had to step up and go into that starting lineup with the injuries to Kyle and Serge Norm has you know basically played the best basketball of his regular season um career you know he's obviously had great playoff moments for sure but the one thing that's been missing out of Norm's game has been consistency in terms of his scoring he's not consistent and everything else we know Norm's game is defensively he's disruptive but also defensively he makes bad decisions and he's not really playmaking much for others he's not really expected to steal the ball or block the ball or even rebound the ball norm is, has one job and his job is to score and in the last month or so norman powell has done a great job in terms of his scoring like tonight 25 points on 10 of 15 shooting that's incredible efficiency five of seven from deep as well 
Um, and I think, you know, it's the same old story with Norm. It really is. It, well, it's two things. One, the confidence. Does he have the confidence to attack and not overthink his decisions? Because when he can do that, when he's decisive, he's much, much better. When he can just attack off the catch, shoot the three, or drive inside and go in for the hard four layup. Those are the only two things that he should be doing, and he's been doing that really well. He's been making good reads in terms of where his opportunities are going to come from, in terms of where to shoot. But also, as we've always seen with Norm, when he plays with better decision makers and he doesn't have to make the decision himself, because I got to say, the worst part of Norm Powell's game is decision making. Um, when he can just play off of others, when Marcus Saul can set him up, Kyle Agg can set him up, Pascal Siakam can draw a double team and they can swing the ball and it gets to Norm's hands and he can shoot a three. When that stuff can happen, Norm is very effective. So Norm, his three-point shooting has been a positive for the Raptors all year. And the one thing I've really liked from Norm this year is the finishing. So in previous years, Norm Powell had this terrible habit of barreling at full speed, going to the basket, and he always seemed like he would miss like one or two makeable layups per game. And it was kind of frustrating to watch because he wasn't taking any shots. So that actually really did hurt his efficiency. This year, Norm Powell is shooting 69% between zero and three feet. Of the basket, which is very, very good, especially for a six foot four guard. He's attacking with uh, a lot of ferocity. He's picking his spots, and I honestly think it's just like he settled into a nice groove. And hopefully, when Fred comes back, you know Fred's probably going to walk back into the starting lineup, and there's probably going to be a little bit of question as to whether that should happen or not, just because Norman Powell has played so well as a starter. But for the most part, I don't see why Norm couldn't continue to do this off the bench because. This is exactly what you want from a six-man, a guy who comes in, looks for a shot, and creates things. Now, is he creating the offense? Because, you know, that's a question because he's not really handling the ball too much. He's really just finishing plays. That's one thing. But still, I think the, the scoring that he's providing is very, very valuable. And it really does kind of paper over the, the fact that he doesn't do anything else on the floor. Um, but Norm was great tonight, man. Uh, you know, he hit a bunch of threes. And then he also punctuated the game. If The KFC bucket of the game really should be Norm Powell getting on transition and throwing down a windmill dunk to officially put the last nail in the coffin for the Nets tonight. Uh, I always love seeing Norm on the fast break because I remember very clearly I was in, uh, what, section 117 with my buddy Chris. 2016, April. Very stressful, stressful game. The Raptors down 12 points, and uh, Kyle Lowry with the bench. DeMar DeRozan actually was benched for that moment. Norman Powell comes in, and the Raptors had nobody who shut down Paul George. And I'm not saying Norman Powell shut down Paul George, but Norman Powell did a better job on Paul George than anyone else on the roster. Norman Powell gets the steal off Paul George, off a pin down, gets his arm in the way and then races in for that crazy, crazy, iconic dunk in Game 5 to completely change, the honestly, the course of Raptors' history. I think the Raptors might have blown up that team if they lost in the first round again, especially after winning, what, 56 games. And so, you know, I just all that's to say is I love seeing Norm dunk on the fast break. And when he goes for a windmill dunk, excellent. I love the uh, aggression, and I love the production out of Norm today. And even Serge Ibaka, who's been a much, much, much maligned figure in, the, in, in recent days because he's really struggled, he's admitted it, um, you know, Ibaka played his best game since coming back. Is it the best that Ibaka can play? No, he can play even better than this. But you can't argue with the production. 12 points, 12 rebounds, an assist, two steals, two blocks in 21 minutes on 4 of 7 shooting with 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Excellent. You know, the one thing with Ibaka has been, since he's come back, he's really tried to force his offense. There's a couple of games, there's a couple of shots a game where you're like, I understand being aggressive, but damn, that's not your shot. Um, you know, there's games where Ibaka comes in 21 minutes, he'll shoot 15 times. You're like, all right, that's not supposed to happen. Um, but tonight he was definitely much more in control. 
um, was playing a lot more unselfishly, didn't force his offense as much. Um, you know, there were times where Kyle Lowry set him up, but there's also times where Serge Ibaka set himself up by going for offensive rebounds, running down loose balls, you know, going for putbacks, things like that. You can create your own offense with your hustle and energy. You're you're six foot eight, or sorry, you're six foot ten big, who you know is as athletically gifted as you know pretty much any big in the league. You know, he doesn't do it all the time, but Serge does have those moments. He does have that ability, and um, you know, really, there's only one shot that he, the one bad shot that he took, which was you know. I think it was like 21 seconds in the shot clock. Uh, obviously, a lot of time to work it, but Ibaka rose up for three in transition. And honestly, the only time I want to see Ibaka rise up for three in that situation is like you know over Ben Simmons with a late shot clock, early shot clock. I think you know Ibaka could swing the ball around and move it. But honestly, the whole game, you know, I thought Ibaka was active, and really, it's just the activity, man. The, the more healthy his ankle becomes, the more active Surge can be. And the more active Serge can be, the better Serge can be. Because, honestly, he's a player that's going to serve off a lot of hustle. He does have skill, too. I'm, you know, no, no doubt. But, you know, he's very much a guy who, if he can change the game with a block here or there, a putback here, and all of a sudden you're running a pick and roll, and then Kyle Lowry's getting, a, a, you know, in rhythm for the jumper, things like that. Once that happens, then Serge can, can be a game changer. He can roll. He can, um, you know, he can, he can pop. Uh, he can crash for offensive rebounds. He can block shots. He's he, he's a guy who can affect many assets of the game. And, um, you know, tonight I thought he actually did that, which was nice to see because he's quite honestly been terrible uh, since coming back. So hopefully with uh, better health he can uh, perform better. But, you know, overall it's just an encouraging game. You know, um, the defense was even Nick Nurse, who I got to say um, showed some humility in the sense that, you know, he's got a lot of praise for the way he's – uh, shut down superstars. A lot of that has been double teams, triangle and two, box and one, two three zone, things like that, two one two zone, whatever. Raptors has been trapping guys on the perimeter, trapping guys in the post. It's been wild how much the Raptors have been expending energy and just double teaming everyone and just almost um, being weird for the sake of being weird. Uh, I mean, the results have been good. Don't don't get me wrong. Like they don't win. Their two best games of the season were you know the win in Los Angeles where they did a lot of trapping of LeBron. Uh, and, you know, that win over the Sixers where they did a lot of trapping and double-teaming of uh, Joel Embiid. So I'm not saying you should throw the baby out with the bathwater and abandon those altogether, but in recent games, it's really seemed like the Raptors are almost trapping too much for their own good. And Nick dialed back his aggression. I mean, this is the most conservative defense the Raptors have played all season. There were no zones whatsoever, no, not even a possession of it. And no double teams, really. Like, they could have trapped Spencer Dinwiddie or whatever. They didn't. They kind of played a one-on-one. Dinwiddie got a couple of baskets, whatever. But he wasn't that efficient overall. And, you know, the Raptors just played like a normal defense. And guess what? It worked. The thing is, the Raptors have pretty damn good individual defenders. Um, you know, the Nets shot 38% from the field. Now, granted, they only shot 12 with 46 from deep, which is 26%. Or 26% and that's going to bring down the field goal percentage overall. But for the most part, the Raptors, you know, did a pretty good job defensively. So, um, again, I'm not saying that Nick Nurse has to ditch the traps altogether. But, you know, it's just a balance. That's all. Uh, sometimes... Um, you know, you can play the trap. Sometimes you can be aggressive. Sometimes you can be more conservative and just let the other team hurt you first before you sort of respond to all that. But, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of positives all around. Again, the McCaw playing a ton of minutes, I don't understand. Uh, it, it's <laughs> I get it. Generally speaking, he's an unselfish player, doesn't turn the ball over, uh, you know, doesn't demand a lot of shots, uh, creates for others, plays defense. Like, that's a player that you want to play. But at the same time, man, uh, he's had a couple of rough games as well. 
where it just feels like he doesn't really do much. And tonight was very much one of those games, even though the fact that he played 29 minutes, including at one point he played a 16-minute stretch from the first quarter to the entire second second quarter. He played 16 straight minutes. He wasn't really contributing much offensively. And uh, I was a little concerned about that. But honestly, in, in a win like this, I don't really see a need to nitpick any of that. So um, let's just get to the three stars from tonight's game. Uh, first star, you got to give that to Pascal Siakam. Definitely filled the role of a number one guy. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks in 35 minutes. 10 of 26 from the field. Uh, it looks a little low. He did miss two like completely makeable layups. He just whiffed it. Uh, but he started an efficient night because he shot 3 of 5 from deep and he shot 7 of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, I love the energy that Siakam played with defensively. He was really engaged. And uh, just a great game overall from Siakam. I honestly don't think he can – he's not going to average 30, 10, 5, 3, 3 because he'd be like a Hall of Famer if he did that. But, you know, I actually think he could do this more nights than not. I really do. Like, it's not outside of his capabilities, especially teams that come in with this silly game plan that the Nets did of just playing him straight up with bad defenders. You know, Siakam's going to cook, and he, tonight he definitely cooked. Number two star, I'm going to to Marcus Gasol, 17 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, a steal, two blocks, 6-11 from the field, 3-5 from deep. You know, what, what else could you say about Mark, man? Just uh, has been a rock for the Raptors all year. His scoring has sort of been, you know, up and down. Hopefully there are more games like this to come. Hopefully 17 is not his season high for the whole year. But uh, it was nice to see him score. It was nice to see him play his regular brand of shutdown defense. And also the 15 rebounds. Hey, listen, that's, that's a pretty good number for a guy his age. You know, he had to play a lot of two big lineups with him and Ibaka. He made that work by being unselfish, playing high-low game. You know, so a good game all around from Gasol. And then third star, you know, there's a case for Lowry. I thought he played a really good game, very steady game. Definitely a case for Serge as well. But how could you not give it to Norm, man? 25 points. You know, yes, does Norm, Norm Powell make like five boneheaded plays a game? For sure. But did it hurt them tonight? Not as much as the fact that he scored 25 points on 10 of 15 shooting with 5 of 7 from deep. Um, you know, with two blocks as well. Uh, made that huge dunk at the end. It was a plus 18 as well. So, Norm Powell had a good game, which is great. The Gerald Henderson Award tonight, hard to pick one, quite honestly. I, I Watching the game, I wanted to give it to Garrett Temple because it felt like every time he scored, it wasn't supposed to happen. But then when you look at the final stat line, 6 of 19 from the field, 2 of 14 from 3. Bro, Garrett Temple should not be taking 14 three-pointers in a week, let alone in one game. But all right. Um, and four turnovers. And he was a minus 11. But honestly, it, it, for me, watching the game, every time Garrett Temple scored, I was annoyed. So I'm going to give him the, Pat, uh, the Gerald Henderson Award. And then the Pat Patterson Award, again, I don't, I don't want to be negative in a game like this, but Rondé, man, it was a tough game for Rondé. Uh, you know, Rondé had been drafted by the Nets. He played four years with them. The Nets chose not to re-sign him, even though he was part of their playoff rotation last year. Uh, I, I'm sure Rondé wanted to play well against his former team and things like that, but he just didn't go about it the right way. Um, you know, he took two threes. Like, what? You, you can't shoot those. Uh, the defense completely ignored him. The, DeAndre Jordan was playing like 10, 15 feet off him. I'm not even exaggerating. Like he was just flat out ignoring him. And, you know, he was just kind of, he had, honestly, he used three straight possessions that were terrible. The Raptors are leaking some points. And Nick Nurse decided, you know what, that's it. It's only seven minutes for you tonight. Didn't play in the second half. Kind of pulled from the rotation. Nick Nurse instead gave those minutes to Surge. And, hey, it is what it is, man. Uh, even though he's been playing well recently, you still need to play within the scheme. You're still a role player, and I felt like he very much wanted to show up something to the Nets. I don't know. 
whatever, but it just it wasn't happening tonight. So Rondé gets the uh, Pat Patterson Award. What do you have tonight? Uh, two points on 0-4 shooting in seven minutes. Again, the man should not be shooting four times in seven minutes. So that does it for the podcast. But, uh, you know, all, all around, it was a good game. It was a feel-good game. Um, again, it's not like all the Raptors' problems are fixed. They're playing a Nets team that, especially without Kyrie and KD, just kind of straight-up lack talent. Again, Garrett Temple shooting 14 threes. Um, but it's a start. It's a start. I think Kyle being in rhythm and being calm is good. I think Pascal being a true number one is good. I think uh, Serge, you know, not being a sinkhole is good. Norman Powell scoring a lot is great. So there's a lot of positives to build from. So, you know, let's be positive for a change. Not everything is fixed. The Raptors aren't, you know, going back to the finals because of this one game or whatever. Um, but it's something to build off. So thanks, for everyone, for listening. Thanks to KFC for sponsoring the podcast. And I'll be back on Monday when the Raptors play the Cavaliers. That should be another easy win, although we'll see. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.